Hey, this is Turk182, and I've been asked by Kaz Media to tell you about the new book they have coming out by Devereaux Barker. Devereaux Barker had his first novel, Riot in Sector 27B, an almost true story of my life growing up in the Tarrington Projects, published at age 17. Riot in Sector 27B tells Devereaux's real-life story from the age of 12 to 15, but is set 73 years in the future. He won the Epoch Award for Best New Science Fiction Writer in 2017, and now he's back with his second book, Electric Life Eternal a fictional tale set in a world that comes dangerously close to being our own. In it, enforcement prosecutor Torrent Tory Jenkins' new case is one he can't close and he can't give away either. Camilla Isaac, a 33-year-old warehouse account manager from Ohio, has been arrested for a series of gruesome murders where the victims were skinned alive and electrocuted. Seven women and 11 men butchered in the name of God Genos. The evidence linking Camilla to the murders is irrefutable, but Tory knows something about Camilla that no one else at the department does. He knows the origin and secret truth of the two metallic-looking tattoos on the insides of each of her wrists. Tattoos just like the ones he has. Symbols of the members of the Electric Life Eternal cult. The Electric Life Eternal believe the human body is a hollow vessel, and eternal life lies in the digital realm. With their minds and bodies wired to microdrives, the members of the ELE can transfer their consciousness to one another. In order to save Camille's life and find the real killer, Tori has to expose a seemingly benign cult and show the world who they really are, but to do so means he has to expose himself and his past. Electric Life Eternal, the new book by Devereaux Barker, published by Kaz Media. Hey everyone, this is Turk182 with another episode of In the Gutters. I'm here always with Wallcrawler1, and we are finishing our discussion on Marvel's Secret Wars. With uh, part three, this is the conclusion. We're going to go ahead and wrap up Secret Wars 2 and then move right into Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars 3. All right, so yeah, so there is a... Uh... There's one part throughout all of Secret Wars 2, and I'm talking about the main story, the main Secret Wars 2 story, that is, is, is my favorite. That's like the, the best part of it all. And I always talk about this uh, because it's so flipping ridiculous. Uh, and so I'm actually, because I didn't bother going and pulling my Secret Wars 2 books out because I'm just not gonna. And I don't have a trade on, I, I don't think anybody, I don't think they made a trade of Secret Wars 2. Like, why would they? Um, they actually did make a trade, but I'm just being flippant. Um, is uh, so Beyonder's got his new body, and I'm reading this from the uh, from the the Marvel fandom wiki. Um, Beyonder's got a new body, and you know he's strutting his stuff, and he uh, gets I think a hot dog from a vendor and stuff. He eventually finds Spider Man. He finds Peter Parker. So I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read here what it says in the, in the wiki. Um, Thinking he's safe at home, Peter unmasks and begins drinking milk when the Beyonder startles him by appearing right before his eyes. Giving the Beyonder a punch in the face, he realizes who the Beyonder is and that he's come seeking information. When Peter suggests that the Beyonder seek out Reed Richards, the Beyonder alerts Spider-Man to the fact that he needs to go to the bathroom. Peter has the awkward position of trying to explain to the Beyonder <laughs> what going to the bathroom is. When the Beyonder is done, he tells Peter that he's, seeking, he's going to seek out Reed Richards and teleports away. So that's not entirely how it works he shows up and he's like i've got this feeling in my like in my stomach it's like this 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 intensity there and peter's like sounds to me like you gotta use the bathroom he's like what he's like uh yeah just go in there and um it'll just figure itself out (laughs) (laughs) hey let me you know now that you're talking about this am i wrong man haven't we talked about this before isn't there a part where he's talking to Luke Cage 
and he changes into a black person. He does in the Power Man Iron Fist issue. And, and doesn't he start talking about like like soul food and stuff? Like, it, is is that the same part? There's about. But but yeah, it's like really that that that's interesting too because like that kind of makes sense too because like uh, you, you're trying to understand you turn yourself into a white guy but then you're like when he changes into a black guy then Luke gets kind of mad about it that's racist <laughs> what I think is funny about Secret Wars 2 is they tried to they tried to expand more upon the the uh, the crossover thing by having each by each um, hero, each book have a little bit of a crossover with it, but most of them almost like kind of modern crossovers. Like the creators were like, "I'll put him in there, but it won't be like a major part of the story." And sometimes he just makes an appearance, like the Beyonder's there, yeah. and then that's it. Yeah, he's just like making a cameo. You're right. Um, I think because I was reading the um, Burn Fantastic Four at the time. And his appearance in there is really small. His appearance in the X-Men was really small. And when you go and you look at those issues where the Beyonder is supposed to be in there and you think it's like a really big tie-in to Secret Wars 2, it's it's like a footnote. As it should be. The whole thing should be a footnote. <laughs> and, and when he changes too, isn't like he's like I want to say even his outfit changes a little bit. Like I think he maybe even has like a like a Thing around his head like a I, I don't know it was just it was weird so it says here um <laughs> when all the african-american customers begin mocking the beyonder's appearance and way of talking the beyonder asked luke why they're making fun of him and luke tries to, to give the beyonder a crash course on race relations and beyond decides to alter his form to appear as an african-american when he begins to street, speak in street slang, the men in the restaurant believe Beyonder is mocking them, and they attack, <laughs> and they attack yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so brother, take it easy, ninja. <laughs> now, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna put out that this issue was drawn by Mark Bright. You know, the, it was the, the amazing Mark Bright, and was written by the amazing Jim Owsley. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember the scene because he's like, he's sitting there in a restaurant, right? And like, uh, he's like, hey, soul brother, let me have some of them collard greens or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, it's like Mel Brooks type stuff, man. It's like, it's like, whoa. If I ever, if I ever see him. And I think he's got like big, I think he's got like big sunglasses and like, I mean, he's, a, he's essentially like a 70s pimp. <laughs> if I ever see him at a con again, I'm going to get that book signed, and I'm going to see those sign be like, yo, brother, read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he'd do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. That, that's, that's something we need to make a podcast about, Mark Bright's and Owsley's run on um. Power Man and Iron Fist, that's one of my personal favorites. Yeah, I think I, 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 I we get the do. full run, but I would think that that would be amazing. That, that's like, um, that's a, that's one of the most underrated runs in comics. Like, I, I put that up there with, like, Phoenix Saga. I mean, I'm not exaggerating that. Like, that, to me, those last issues especially, I love that series, man. That's, that's, they made, 
Power Man and Iron Fist, like, uh, um, they, 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 it's epic to me. Some of those stories are as relevant as some of the other, the Claremont stories we talk about. Yep. So here's another thing that I always loved about the, well, that I didn't love it about, about uh, Secret Wars 2, but one of the things that I always loved that came out of Secret Wars 2 was um, the web and a burn cover. And this is when the uh, Beyonder turns this, uh, the skyscraper to gold and he turns the everything in it to gold except for the people everything that's inorganic the uh, fantastic four one which one uh, is that so fantastic four number six and um and so, okay. uh the issue is um is drawn by mike zach um and uh danny fingeroff was the uh was the at the time and Funny enough, uh, Owsley was the editor of both uh, Web of Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man. So it's a... I will have to go back and check that out. I might have those. I'm pretty, I'm sure, pretty sure I do. It's a, the two issues, um, the covers make one image, and it's drawn by Byrne. And on the Web of Spider-Man one, he's swinging from, from left to right, and he's in the red and blue costume. And then on the Amazing one, he, he, it transitions into the black costume. But it's it's a it's a two page it's That's a, cool. uh, a, a two cover like uh, two page spread of Spider Man swinging from one and, and he's just changing. And then there's the gold building in the background. A lot of I'm not sure how many people even remember this whole storyline, but the entire building was turned to gold. Spider Man had gone inside to rescue people because you know gold is so soft the building couldn't couldn't stand on its own weight, so it started collapsing. And he went inside to save the people. In the process of it, Spider Man found a gold notebook. It was just one of those, uh, those little memo books with a spiral at the top for like, uh, for like, you know, like, like journalists would use back in the day when they were police to so use like, you know, take quick notes, like little pocket ones. And he took that because it was solid gold and he kept it for the longest time. He eventually sold it. And this is one of those things that where Spider-Man has had money and you always wonder what happens to it. Like when Spider-Man had that book that was published called Webs, there was a collection of all the pictures he'd taken of Spider-Man. And he did a whole tour, and the book sold really well. But they've kind of forgotten about that because the book could, you know, it could still be in print. He could still be making money off of it, but they never go back to that. And then he had this notebook for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And I know eventually he sold it, but I forget exactly what, like, what um, what happened to the notebook or where it went or whatever. But uh, there, there, there's, a, there's actually, like, a, there is a few um, other um, – there is one other thing like some of these other moments like are pretty good like uh maybe maybe not the secrets worse to the actual issues but like the, some of the tie-ins remember when he went to daredevil he gave him back his sight and then he found that he was better as a blind hero he didn't like it he wanted to go back like uh so that, that, that i found that kind of interesting burn did the cover to that right it, it was the one where he's like all pushed up against the wall it was like a green background yeah. He had the complimentary colors because of the green background and the red really popped, and he looked kind of like disheveled, sort of like weak. You are correct. Yeah, it's a, it's a burn cover. Dave Matichelli artwork on the inside, um, and uh, that, that that's a good issue. But uh, I wanted to mention about the thing before we move on is that gold building because that whole thing was solid gold. It it um, disrupted the economy because you're talking about a twenty plus story skyscraper where not only the building is gold, but everything inside of it. 
trash cans, desks, lap, well, they were laptops, computers, all that stuff was all gold. And they had to, didn't they have to like melt it down and like parse, parse, like, like break it up or something? Like to cut it into like cubes and they took it, dumped it into a tree yeah. in the middle of the ocean. And I think wow. that, uh, the Kingpin ended up getting some of it and he may have eventually ended up getting Peter Parker's notebook. But all that gold is still technically there. So Namor just has to dig it up and, you know, Viola. Hey, dude, that's a story you could tap into right there. That is a story to make. So, like somebody could just get some of that gold and they could just be living and, off and that. They may, have, they may have gone back and, and touched like, on it already, like, but I don't remember them going back after they disposed of it. I don't remember them saying, doing anything more with that. But it could be like Paladin or somebody. Like, you know, it could make him interesting <laughs> oh, for Paladin once. Paladin and Solo. Together with uh, Dominic yeah. Fortune, <laughs> aren't they all the same guy? Aren't they all just like? Aren't they all just uh, different identities of Moon Knight? <laughs> Pretty much, they're just they're just, they're, they're just less interesting because they're not like like all together. So where they like fight against each other, they're just one person, the one personality, which makes it just kind of that would boring. be funny though if it turns out that all of them were all just different personalities of Moon Knight. Like they come together and it's like, oh my god, we've been Moon Knight this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, they all come together to, to form Moon Knight like Voltron. Huh. Three Funny. powerless <laughs> heroes combined to make the mighty Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you look at some of these other things that tie-ins and like the, there were, let's see, three or four tie-ins with um, Fantastic Four that I don't think had anything to do with the plot at all. Like, and one of my favorite Fantastic Four issues was the Secret Wars 2 tie-in. And I don't even remember them. I mean, I know the Beyonders got to be in it somewhere. But he's not. It's the one with the uh, that I talked about before with uh, Johnny Storm and the kid in the jet fuel. Yeah, and uh, yeah. when uh, Johnny had that that ugly haircut, and yeah, that's um, that's a Secret Wars tie-in. I don't think that it's anywhere in there at all. Freaking Rom had a Secret Wars two tie-in. So, here's the here's the thing, man. There again, there's no bad characters. There's just bad writers and bad artists. So even though Secret Wars on its face, Secret Wars 2 on its face isn't the best. There's moments that happen from it that aren't horrible, like because you had people that were talented enough to do yeah, something would, with it. I would agree. So you, 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 got, you got moments from it. So we, you can give it that. had a Secret Wars 2 tie-in. The freaking Micronauts. No. Yeah. Are you serious? The second volume, the first volume had already gotten canceled, right? Or is it the uh, second? It's the second. Is it the first or second? Is so what's one, interesting yeah. is that um, there is a. Um, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at the different covers. Um, Did Bill Manilow write it still? Because I know he wrote all the first one. I don't know about the second one. And I know Michael Golden did a lot of art on the first one, but I don't know about. So the interestingly second one. enough, the Peter Gillis is the um, is the writer and the penciler and cover artist. Okay, so which yeah. if you looked at the cover, you probably wouldn't. You might guess it. I wouldn't have guessed it. But if you look at the cover artist, it's Kelly Jones. And it does not look like Kelly Jones at all. I probably would have. Okay, well, if it's not his distinctive style, maybe maybe it was like early on. Because he's pretty distinctive. And I've got one of his earliest books, which I, I really like. I want to find some more issues of it. It's an independent book, uh, like a small press at the time, um, that I really like. I want to find more of. But what I was going to say is, looking at the covers of all the Secret Wars 2 issues, there's one thing on here, which I think is kind of funny, and I see it, well, in Secret Wars 5, 
Secret Wars 2 number 5. So there's an Iron Man tie-in to Secret Wars, and it's James Rose Iron Man. He's, I believe it's James Rose Iron Man because he's in the yellow, the yellow and gold suit. But then by the time we get to Secret Wars 5, it's the Silver Centurion armor. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I don't know if time had passed like Tony Stark. But Tony Stark was Silver right. Centurion. It wasn't Rhodes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's kind of funny because <laughs> the, um, Tony Stark has no idea, with the, with, with the exception of whatever happens in Secret Wars 2, he's got no idea who the Beyonder really is other than what he's heard. A lot of these uh, these covers uh, to the tie-ins. And with the exception of the ones, I guess they had like, a, I guess a, a pretty distinctive creative team. Um a lot, of the, a lot of the covers are drawn by Byrne. So the Captain America tie-in is Byrne. The Iron Man tie-in is Byrne. Um, the two, the two Spider-Man's web of an amazing, those are both Byrne. Of course, he did his own, the Fantastic Four one. He did the Daredevil one. Um, he did the Alpha Flight one. And, um, and see, I think he was, uh, yeah, this is the issue where they are actually, um, where they, they're transitioning away from him doing that, him, I guess, taking over, uh, taking over, fan- well, moving on to uh, the Hulk, because it's the one where they. What's the Secret yeah. Wars? I was, I was gonna say it's the one oh. where they. Uh, no, they, I was gonna ask you what's the... <laughs> where they uh, they fish the new body out for Box, and it turns out to be the Hulk. No, sorry, like oh yeah, okay. Now I'm picturing it. I was gonna ask you what's the um, Secret Wars um, to cover, um, but that kind of sounds familiar. I guess it was still burned. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to picture it in my head, which issue. I, I think I see it now, like in my head. It, isn't it kind of like he's like silver, sort of, like uh, around the arms Who? and the face, the character that, that's on the cover yeah, well, that you're talking didn't, about? He didn't, give, um, he didn't give the Beyonder like his regular outfit. He's got this like sleeveless number on, and then it's got like the Hulk in the background, like, yes, who's going to make an appearance? It was like, yeah, but the stuff that's not shaded, it's all green, and so we kind of know it's the Hulk. And then it's not like you're really trying to hide it, but like, guess who it is? Like, we know who it is. I'll have to, I'll have to look at it again. Like, and they're just gonna show the power of Burn. Like, still, like he, he's, he, he, and like that's, I mean, so that's '86. So by '87, he's already doing Superman. He's doing Man of Steel and Superman. After that, he must have had a, a falling out with Marvel well, right see, about at then. At that time, he would have gone. He would have done the Hulk for what, like, almost two years. Um. And then he left Fantastic Four, I think, maybe shortly around the same time, because he did that whole thing with the thing where he was turning from the from the uh, the more cracked concrete like rock to like the old like putty looking stuff that he originally started out as that form. And I remember hearing rumors, and I don't know, but I remember hearing rumors that Byrne didn't like drawing the the rocky version of thing. And that's why he kept trying to go back to that other version. But they did the whole thing where it was like, where is the thing? Where's the thing? And it, it was like on the cover of that uh, the anniversary issue. It had that cover. And I think it was the Barry Windsor Smith cover where the thing is wearing like the trench coat and the hat or something. And uh, and they were looking for the thing. And he left right there in the middle of like, where's the thing? And then someone else came in and yeah, tried yeah. To put that over. And then that was right about the time that he was doing the whole thing with, um, if I remember correctly, he was doing the whole thing with Incredible Hulk. And he had separated the Hulk and Banner, but then they realized they couldn't like live independently and Hulk was being chased and Banner was going to marry Betty, but then their bodies were like, his body was shutting down or whatever. And they had to get them together. And then that's where like Byrne left that book too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he, 
he pretty much had done everything he was going to do, you know, like, I think he just like, he, so he left for DC, like, that's when he started taking over action and Superman and stuff. Like, I mean, like, like he was, was he, I think at one point he was doing Hulk the same time he was doing Fantastic yeah, was. Four, right? Yeah, he was. Pretty much. Because he was doing Fantastic yeah, yeah. Four at the same time he was doing um, Alpha Flight, which I got to say, I mean, I talk a lot of crap about Byrne, but for him to be, that's almost to be the writer, man. artist um, on it, not just like the penciler, he was the writer, penciler, and inker on two books. I mean, that, that's, that's, that says a lot. That's incredible. I mean, like that's no wonder he was drawing like snow scenes. <laughs> well, I can't forgive that. <laughs> oh Lord. You know, at least he drew at least he drew panel. You know, like he didn't just leave it open white space. Uh, <laughs> Gave it a beat. Like he could do an inset panel on a white page. <laughs> have like a word balloon <laughs> so uh all right so i mean that that's it really for secret wars too there's nothing that came out of it and in the end the beyond to try to turn himself into a baby and all the heroes tried to kill him and they had this whole like philosophical debate about whether or not they should kill him because he was a baby and blah 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 and in the end and the thing is he wasn't really a baby he put himself, he converted himself into energy and put himself into this machine that was gonna like reconstitute him into like a child baby-like form or whatever it was and it spit him out, and then um, the Beyond, not the Beyond, the Molecule Man killed him, and that was it. It would have been better if it had been, like, Carol Danvers again. <laughs> it had just been in the womb. <laughs> like, it's not real unless you go for the real stuff, man. <laughs> and then, Oh, uh, Lord. But, like, uh, and, then, and then you got Secret Wars 3 that's so many years later, but it, it's good. It's not bad. It's just kind of like... Uh, I guess I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure the point of it, except for like that. what came out of that. Here's the thing about Secret Wars 2. We've talked about Secret Wars 1, where stuff happened, where things changed. I don't think too much changed after Secret Wars 2. I might be wrong about that. I don't think anything, there's a monumental shift. So that's why it kind of feels unnecessary. Whereas like Secret Wars 3, I think the main purpose of that was to get rid of the Ultimate Universe or separate it to where it didn't exist anymore um because they kind of merged the two together um and then when it was all over there was just the 616 well, they, they pretty much really, left they didn't really even merge um, them together the only thing they did was they they destroyed the other one and just kept miles morales they just kept him he, he he's the only thing that kind of came out of that 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 was to get him into the the yeah, 616 basically mom. Which is stupid because here again, my problem with Miles Morales, same thing as with Jane Foster. I don't care about Miles Morales himself. That's fine. I mean, he's he's a fine character. I don't have anything wrong with him. Name something besides Spider-Man. That's all. You don't you don't need two Spider-Man. Is I mean, you've got a Spider-Man. You don't need well, another one. It's like you know, um, he came he came out cool. of the Ultimate Universe after Peter had died, and and he came off. Yeah. He was such a popular character, and they were they were destroying the Ultimate Line, from my understanding. So, and they wanted to keep him, but they couldn't really find a really good way of doing that and bringing him over without just being kind of, I guess, hackneyed. And then I guess they also wanted to completely destroy the ultimate line. And, uh, and so they did it that way. And, um, and he actually does have a, a name is uh, kind of like, kind of like spider Gwen. Like I was like, why is she called spider Gwen? And I was like, Oh, her name is ghost spider, but it, it's just referred to as spider Gwen. And he's got a name too. And I forget what his actual like superhero name is because um, I just know him as man. Yeah. Cause the book's just called miles Morales, Spider-Man, you know, 
but he but he actually does have a like a name like a spider sting or like spider rouge or I, I don't know something and uh, people are probably like it's this it's this it's this I'm like yeah i like miles i think he's a i think he's a fine character um i like that his powers are similar to peter's but different enough to make him a different character i, I love all of that i just i've just never really read his book the things i've read about him i like him but i've never really just read his book um so i don't i don't hate on him i just have never really actively followed him no i no, I don't hate on him. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's like, to be honest, I haven't read too many things with him in it. Um, I've, I've, I've seen the movies and I play the video game and like, um, you know, but I have nothing against Miles Morales. I don't. And it's like, if he's got another name, cool, but that's yes. not what's on the book title. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's Spider-Man. So it's like, that's, that's the biggest thing I got about any new character. Just make them their own character. Even Ironheart, you know, at least it's name is, at least it's not Iron Man. Riri Williams, it's fine, Amadeus Cho. To be honest, I liked Amadeus Cho the way he was, like where he was just one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe. He didn't have to be Hulk for me to make him interesting. I, I kind of yeah, liked never, that, the way he was. I, I um, used to, because Dan's not Hulk. Yeah, it was, yeah it's, it, it's, it's fine. It's like, uh, anyway, it is what it is. It's like uh, you're going to piss somebody off no matter what you do with it, but it's like Secret Wars 3. It was it was okay. I mean, like I think we both talked about it. There's it besides what we just talked about though, I don't know if it was necessary to do a whole thing about it, but Hickman's a good writer. He 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 makes things compelling even if I don't necessarily like everything he does. Like um he's kind of lost me on the X-Men recently. Um but 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 he's a good writer. I mean, he's he's entertaining, well, I, I like you know. I Secret Wars 3. Um I like what he was doing with it. I didn't read a lot of the Battle World books. But I've kind of gone back and read some of them afterwards. And the Squadron, Squadron Supreme, and Squadron Sinister book was pretty cool. The um, some of them were, were, were they were they were worth like reading. I'm not gonna say they were great, but they, they, the stories weren't horrible. Uh, what I thought was kind of really interesting um, was uh, we talked about the the merging of the of the two worlds, and there is like a a uh, Super Wars three tie-in. And it was a miniseries where, and I think it was drawn by Mark Bagley, where you had some of the characters. It was like the Hulk from the Ultimate World, and the Hulk and Doc, and uh, Doc Green from uh, from the Six One Six, and you had the two Iron Men, and they were like, and one was still like an alcoholic, and one wasn't, and and just kind of how they interact with one another. So like we're we were the people that didn't make it into the time capsule, you know, the protection deal and all that stuff. Um, and uh, and so they were there trying. They were trying to. They were trying to stop the merging of the world, but they obviously they couldn't. Uh, and that was that. That was pretty cool. I dug that. I, I didn't read the Battle World stuff, but like I know what you're talking. I've got I've got some of the issues, but I haven't read them. I, I, to be honest, I bought some of them just for the cover. Like uh, one of them is a variant where like the first um, it's technically the first appearance of like Hulk Hulk Farine, like uh, you know um, like the 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 combination of like the Hulk and Wolverine. You know, it's like a uh, uh, the one that you're not oh, like the no, biggest it's, it's, fan of. Weapon regarded as all hell. Well, yeah, that's all. We, we, Weapon H and like um, it. it I, see, I, I I think he's kind of an interesting character. He, he's too much. But like man. um, it's, it'd be like it'd be like, they've been, like the whole there's a, there's a, like Iron Man armor and then making him stretch like Reed Richards. But like, come on, really? Do we really need all that? 
<laughs> yes. And then, and then like, uh, there's, there's a secret wars. There's, there's two what ifs that I want to talk about. There's a what if, um, where Tony Stark, no, there's a what if where Doom gets the Infinity Gauntlet and it's a secret wars. I think it's a what if secret wars. And like that one's pretty interesting. And then if anybody ever gets a chance to check that out, this kind of set up the idea for the Secret Wars three. It came out, I think it came out like a few years before that. And then um there's another one where like Iron Man, where he's like it's kind of like playing on the demon in the bottle, where he's like Doctor Doom as well, and it kind of ties into the whole idea too. But anyway, they, basically like uh there's other there's other versions right. that set that up you know that whole secret wars yeah, 3 I, I, I like yeah. i like a lot of secret wars 3 i love the uh the whole thing with uh with doom and how he i like how he made the thing into the wall that's that's around the city and it's like i think the one of the things with secret wars 3 how it kind of falls apart and we've talked about doom's whole deal there which you know and this goes into hickman's writing and people like i'll say that comics explain does a much better job of going into like hickman's writing and all that but especially because he he had they rob loves you know, loves uh, Hickman. And, and I mean, I from what I've read of his, I really can't say anything bad about him. But he's a guy that, that really ties no. everything in together the way that I used to feel and see when I read Marvel back in the day, which I think one of the things I really love about it. But, um, like, there are things that he did that, you know, uh, again, that, you know, when you if you watch Rob's channel and listen, check out his stuff, he'll, he'll say, like, there are things that he did back in his Fantastic Four run that he's playing off of now and it's all it's all like one even though he's doing everything in different story arcs it's all one big story so like his fantastic four to his avengers to like his x-men and all this stuff it's still one big story because he's he's everything's so interwoven that he doesn't just drop something and forget like it ever existed i would almost want to call him the modern day claremont but i think that 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 does a disservice to both him and claremont um and to just say that, you know, he makes me, yeah, he he makes just, me feel kind of the way I felt when I read he, Claremont. Hickman, like you said, I can't say anything. He, he wrote East uh, to West. I'm pretty sure I'll go 95% to 98% that he did that. That was good. I, I read that for a while. He, he, I've never read a bad story from him. I have nothing against it. I have nothing against Secret Wars 3. I think it's good. I'll just say this. He's almost too smart <laughs> i don't know how to say it like even alan moore as smart as he is dumbs it down a little bit his his run on x-men right now it's just a little too heavy i mean i like comics get don't get me wrong and i'm not saying that 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 like i'm a, a genius or, or or super smart or anything i read funny books i get it but it's like it doesn't have to be hawking level you know it's like it, it when it gets to that i guess some people really like that but to me it doesn't need to be if you need exposition to explain the book you're not really doing your job i mean so so that's why x-men like like every other page it'll go on this big long rant about like why this is this and this is this and, and you know some people may like that but um he didn't do that for well. He he kind of did it for Secret Wars. You know what was awesome about like the Secret Wars? I liked the chart that he had at the opening where he could show where everybody came from the different worlds, and that worked. Like, overall, I thought the story was interesting. Um, but it's interesting how Doom 
can't run a universe without the Model Command's help. He had it in the first Secret Wars. You know, he's, he has it he's almost like two. a battery or something. He was almost like a battery with it. Like I've, I, that's what I was gonna say too. Like he's just like this in this white glow of like making everything work like in the center of the planet or something like it's just it's very bizarre well, the way the they Hickman did that was was tying it all in with the avengers storyline leading up to that where doom was destroying all those other multiverses um but all the older multiverses had a molecule man but apparently the molecule man is a single individual that's connected to the beyonders that exists in all of them so he's not a different one he's the same one in all of them and which is really kind of interesting, yeah. which is kind of why he needs him. But Doom didn't know that, you know, way back in the first Secret Wars. But um, but he was destroying all of them to get to here, but he didn't have enough time. And the problem with Secret Wars three, and which is why he he gives up the the, the world so easily, is that Battle World was not a world of his making. It was the it was what was left for him to make a world of. And and I think he hated it because of that. I don't think he it was. His, his heart was fully in it. Like, he was like, this is not the world I've designed. This is the world I've had to create because I didn't have time to put everything together. I didn't have time to save the world the way I wanted to. It all happened much faster than it was supposed to. And I grabbed what pieces I could and I crammed them all together. And I'm saying, this is, this is the new world. And I'm the, I'm the rule of this new world. But to be honest, I don't want to rule this world. I don't because it's garbage. It's not a world that I want to I live in. It's not a world I want to rule. You know, this is this is not how I envisioned it. So, like, I'll do the best I can, but as soon as but also, when the heroes show up, and like, we can make it better, we can put things right. He's like, yeah, I don't really want things to go back to the way they were, but they're damn well better than you know, sight better than this. So, I'll let it happen. Well, the, the thing is too is like, I don't think he liked the bureaucracy of it. Like, I don't think he liked the the whole other people having parts of his kingdom. You know. Like he was kind of having to share. Like even though he was ultimate ruler, there were still people that had their own little sectors. You know, it was like broken up. And I don't think Doom really likes that. I don't think he like having to parlay or talk with other places about their little section of it. You know, like Mister Sinister and all those people. Like I, I, that oh, no, kind of bugged I, I him a little agree. bit too. And the only reason he did that was because they were in charge of the areas that he that he did not like, the ones he didn't care about. That he that he had to have, you know. It's like I'm going to put you in yeah. charge of this sector right here. Only thing he really cared about was yeah. within, within the walls of like City Doom or whatever it was. Everything else he didn't care about, but somebody had to manage those worlds. So I'm going to put you in charge because I don't really want to be in charge, but they exist. And unfortunately, they you know there's there are people there, and it, it, like I said, the whole thing was just like, uh, it you know it's 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 being given something that you don't really well, want, trying to make the best it, of it. it. But as soon as something better comes along. You, you want to jump ship, you know, as quickly as possible. There, there's a little bit of a Thanos quest going on there too, where like, you know, when Thanos gathers all the infinity gems and then he, he's just trying to make love, like death, love him. Like, um, she says, well, you're just too powerful for me. Like it, he had Sue finally as his queen, but it really wasn't like she liked him to, for real, just because she does is because he affected her memory, you know? So yeah, I, I know they didn't really, I don't think that he was even going that way, but like that would have to bug you on some level to know, okay, this person likes me. I finally got the person I want, but they're not liking me 
for the real reasons is because they're hypnotized. You know, that's over time. Yeah, I imagine well, that would wear on you. Because you're like, you want, when you, when you ask somebody to do something and, you know, like just because, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, that, that you're, that you're married, there are things that you ask your wife to do. And, and when she, when she does those things, especially if it's something that she, maybe she doesn't really want to do, like you say, Oh, Hey, this new like comic book movie is coming out or they, uh, let's go see that. And she's like, ah, I don't really want to, it's not really my thing, but I'm going to do it because you want to see it. And you know, and I'm going to do it for you. That makes you feel good that she's going to do that for you. But if, if she's going to do that for you because she doesn't have any free will, it doesn't feel as good, you know, because she doesn't have, she doesn't have the option of saying no. She's not saying it because she likes you because she wants to make you happy. She's saying it because she has no free will. She can't say no. And it, and that just sucks. And Doom, Doom's like to Sue. He's like, but come on, <laughs> it's my birthday. It's like. <laughs> you, can, ah, you can make her. Better. The hell with you. I don't have to see her. I just know she's there. <laughs> Secret Wars 3, Secret Wars 1, pretty good. Secret Wars 2 had its moments in Secret Wars 3. was was pretty good. I, I dug it. Are, we're, we're pretty darn good. Like, I mean, there's really nothing to say bad about it. It's, it's, it, uh, it is what it is. The thing i say about Secret Wars 3 is the main story is really good. Um, I do like the way they showed Doom's face because it matches with everything that we've always been told about Doom, which I, I got to go back and just hit on this part again. When Doom was in college with Reed Richards, and the experiment went wrong. The one where he was trying to like open up the portal to hell or whatever it was, the mystic realm to see, to see his mom or free his mom. And uh, of course, because of his ego and crap, Reed tells him, he finds a note. He's like, hey, you're not supposed to work on this thing here. It grounds for dismissal and you get kicked out of college. Plus there's an error in your math. And Doom's like, man, ain't no error in my math. You better step off. And he does machine it blows and it blows up and he gets kicked out of college, which is why I always say that He's not really a doctor. He got kicked out. He never went back to school. He has no doctorate. He doesn't. He hasn't even been given an honorary doctorate by anybody. He's never, like, you know, intimidated them enough to get that. But uh, so Dr. Doom, it's just a title. It's not real. He's not a real doctor. As where Mr. Fantastic should tend to call himself Dr. Fantastic, but I just think that sounds wrong. But um, No, because in Secret uh, – I'll, I'll disagree because in Secret Wars 3, on pa page 5, panel 3 – there's a Latvian community <laughs> college degree <laughs> right in the background. <laughs> okay, so I got to pump BS on that because we all know Doom would never go to a community college, not even a Latvian community college. Even if he was teaching himself, you're like, Doom, do you get this? I'm writing it all down, Doom. <laughs> it, it's accredited by Von Heydrich Smutenmit. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, know. But he had a small scar on the side of his face. His, his messed up face came from when he went to the Himalayas and had to make that suit of armor because he was like, my, my, you know, my personage has been damaged and my, my, my beautiful visage has been sullied and he didn't want anybody to see him. And he was too, he was too eager to get that mask on really? and hide his face away that he put it on when it was still hot. And, it's, and that's what destroyed the rest of his face. Yeah. It wasn't the explosion at the university. It was him putting that mask on before. And then he ran yeah. in the snow and it cools and then that's what destroys. so seeing that that beautiful picture as disgusting as it is by Eastside Ribbick that shows Doom's face with his nose all burned off and stuff 
that's pretty awesome. Which also goes to any of the times you've ever seen where someone yeah. snuck in and seen his face and like, oh my God, I think we're Ralph. You know, that's that was it. Esau Rivix is a great really artist, good. I think. Even but... though he does um he does reuse a lot of his own panels, um, which isn't a bad thing, but he does reuse a lot yeah. of his own panels. And that might have been more prominent in Secret Wars three because the book was delayed. But uh the final thing I was gonna say on I said to two things was um the reason I keep talking about the cheeseburger in my pocket is because the Model Command is hungry and Miles oh, Morales yeah, pulled yeah, the cheeseburger yeah, out of yeah. his costume because he had one right before everything happened. He was going to eat, and he gives it to him, and that's what made the Molecule Man bring his mom back to life when he puts him in the 616. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. But where's the pocket? That's all I'm saying. Anything's like a side pocket. Yeah, that's a little well, weird. I mean, there would have been a little bulge there. It'd been a little greasy. You would have got on your... You would have got on the so yeah. that yeah. yeah 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 right. Hope it's tenfold. Anyway, so I mean, yeah, I think uh, it's w one and three are fantastic. And if you want to toss in the Secret War, um, that led into like the uh, the um, well, was well, didn't technically lead to New Avengers, but it was kind of the precursor to the New Avengers, um, which which is actually kind of a cool story. It's got that that uh, that really nice art. I forget the. Uh, I forget the artist that did that, but that's actually a pretty cool story. It's it's Bendis, um, but I dug that. But I, that's not that's not doesn't fall in the same line with these. <clears throat> I would I actually wouldn't mind actually seeing a a ultimate Secret Wars, where at the end their minds are kind of wiped of the whole event, but just seeing how the ultimate uh, characters would have done in their own Secret Wars. That goes to the question: like, Should there be a Secret Wars four? I say probably I say no. not. I think I they've done that. it. Yeah, I'd say no. Yeah, I think uh, we've kind of wrapped it up pretty well. I mean, uh, again, it's another long episode, which I was trying to stay away from. But, you know, it's it's like I said, it's kind of hard when we, when we start talking about these things. We went off this whole tangent about John Hickman going to the X-Men because, you know, it's, it's, it's just the nature of comics. When you start talking about these things, a really good comic, I think a really good comic book or comic series should branch off like that, should lead into another discussion uh, about a you know a side discussion about this story arc here and these character interactions there so if you don't have that what you what you have is it's almost like it like an image um when it started out where it's like we all live in one big universe and then over time it's like no we live in one big universe but nothing you do has any impact on anything that happens in my world at all unless i want it to which doesn't make any sense where you're going to pick and choose which you know which events affect your story and which ones don't and, and sometimes you have that. I think you. I think you have that a lot in some DC books that you don't really have in the Marvel books. Um, you do have it in the Marvel. I don't, uh, I'm going to say that you don't seem to have it as often. But it should be where you start going on. It's like yeah, this ties into this, ties into this, ties into this. And it's not always within the same within the same like book or series. It branches off in other series because it is one big interconnected world. It's like telling a story to somebody. And and you like you know, you start talking about Dave and then Dave loses in a story about Frank, which leads into a, a story about, you know, the like Daria, which leads to, you know, that kind of thing. It's like it's all one big connected thing. You can't it's 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 really hard to just take them out um and, and just kind of like, you know, silo them into their own thing and just leave them there because it just doesn't work that way. I think it's natural too, like to if you're talking about like a writer who's written a bunch of stuff you compare each work to itself, you know, like you're talking about Hickman, Fantastic Four, you, you know, the, and then like, you know, the Secret War. I mean, like you just, you just compare other things that they've done to each other. It's just a natural thing to do. And, and then, and, and then some people are geared towards better, 
their 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 art styles and the writing is better towards geared better towards other books. You know, it's not it's not going to fit on everything. It's not. Yeah, I agree. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, hope everybody uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. There again, it kind of ran a little long. We apologize for that. And, and of course, we were kind of talking about Secret Wars, and Secret Wars is a big book. You're talking about 12 issues on one. You're talking about nine issues on the other, not including the tie-ins, which we didn't really have on the first one. And then you go into Secret Wars three, you know, which uh, you know Secret Wars three had its own set of tie-ins because you had all the battle battle world books. And I think um, I would say read Secret Wars three, read the the main book, um, and then read the the the, the tie-ins, the battle world books separately as you have time there's not something that you have to like read right then and there the things that where they cross over um i don't think you're really missing anything um if you don't get some of the the little things that they the little nods or um uh, or the little notes that they mention about something that happened in like this battle world that battle world book uh you're not gonna miss anything overall once you read it you'll kind of pull that whole story together but i would say that they're worth reading but just um just read them at your own pace and if you don't get around to them all, then that's fine too. But I would say the, at least read the the main story and and the lead ups, the main story and the lead ups. Yeah, I, I I mainly just read the main book. I thought I thought it was good. Yeah, I will say I think I pointed this out to you, um, uh, which was in um, the Squadron Supreme. There's a nice fight in uh, in the one Squadron Supreme book. It's uh, Nighthawk versus Hyperion, and Nighthawk puts on this power armor. And they do a really nice homage to uh, Dark Knight with uh, Batman and Superman. Yeah, I think you showed me that panel, like where it was like uh, where he, it was like where Batman's punching Superman in the armor, and they kind of did the same. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Like, uh, it's kind of like Marvel's Watchmen yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and of course, you know the the, the whole thing with the uh, the the homage to the Dark Knight is because Hyperion and Night and Nighthawk are basically their versions of the uh, you know Batman Superman. Justice League. Yes, yeah, yeah, Justice, Justice League. League. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that's that's my final word on it all. Hope like I said, hope you guys enjoyed the episode and uh, stay tuned for more stuff. We're coming. Uh, I think uh, we're going to uh, episodes. I think we mentioned before on uh, we're going to do one on martial law. And I said, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will talk to you again next time. Right. See you.